Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Wait, so you really want to make a podcast? Do, 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 do. Yeah, what if we just sang our um, music? Maybe we should get some real music, Samantha. The podcast king. Oh, you're still recording. Three. Survival Jobs is a podcast spotlighting artists, their side hustles, and their passions. Hosted by Samantha Titsolo and Jason A. Coombs. Boom. Sweet. Okay. Love it. Hi, Jason. Episode 26. I can't even believe it. Wow. Can you imagine? Yeah, I can't imagine. We're doing it. <laughs> We're doing it. It's true. That's me. Like, I'm starving, so I can't even, like, process anything. <laughs> it's like, I'm so hungry. Oh, man. My lips are that. so chapped, and I really, I no. I don't have any chapstick. I buy 14 of these around everywhere. I wish I could phone. take it through the through the mic. I wish you could, like, Here put it go. through and, like, pass it <laughs> through the camera. Maybe in 20, maybe in 2030, they'll have that technology. 2040, maybe. Should we try to invent it? Hmm. It's tough. <laughs> It'd be a tough, tough, tough uh, challenge. You have to be like scientists to, to do I that. I'm totally I'm not, not a scientist. I'm nowhere near that. Remember Nita? <laughs> She's trying to teach us science. Um, yeah, 26. <laughs> so Nita was our biology teacher as a heads up in college. I think we made was, that joke a couple of times. I think we have two. And, and, and it was one of the like <laughs> first like jokes or like uh, th- uh, things that brought us together, I think, Jason, you and I, we don't, we would like to, to like take our friendship yeah. to the next level. You'd be like, yeah. oh my God, Nita. You'd be like, <laughs> bio is canceled. <laughs> oh man. We were so obnoxious in that class. Yeah, we were the theater fully, kids are always the best. Yeah, we were theater kids <laughs> that like didn't care about learning biology, which maybe we could have <laughs> because then maybe we could have invented this thing. And now yeah. we're just making a podcast and I love it. And we're on episode 26 to bring it all we're on back. Episode 26, bring it back. Wow. It's pretty funny because, you know, it's February and we started this podcast like around this time we started like kind of putting it together yeah um like planning it and you know you came you came to me the you came to me with this idea and I, I think, was like oh my gosh yeah I think by this and time last year we were recording we were like doing trial work recordings practicing yeah yeah I think he had ordered a mic so it's just so interesting how, <laughs> how much of a how far we've come in that year can we just say how great Chad was last week? That was such a great, oh, such guys, a great response. Oh, guys, shout out to Chad. Yeah, we're getting a lot of great responses. What a great guest. And, and I think it was, uh, that was our first writer, huh? Is that true? Well, like. Like full-time writer. Full-time writer, sure. yeah. Everybody, yeah. I think, you know, not everybody, but a lot of our actor guests dabble also in writing as we all do. But the first, yeah. like, full-time writer at mm-hmm. his level. So that was awesome. Showrunner, like. Showrunner. That's amazing. Um, this week, this week, I don't even know. I feel like my brain is mush. I started going back to Soul Cycle. I do want to say that I started going back nice. to Soul Cycle. So you know the transition back to New York, and I keep saying it like it's new. It's really not new. I I moved <laughs> back in August, but you know from the pandemic and like from being in the suburbs for a little bit and like trying to get back to my art and everything, it's been hard right and then we've yeah. said that before but in old life in the before times <laughs> i used to go to my friend shout out lisa bacuzzi we love we love i used to go to her soul cycle mm-hmm. class like twice a week and it was just it's a great way to stay fit it's a great way to stay yeah. grounded it makes me feel happy uh it keeps me inspired which is why i love soul cycle because you know you're working out but you're, you're also getting inspiration and and spit at you while you're while you're yes riding um so i started going back so i went to soul cycle twice last week and i'm also like mm. maybe i'll find a date at soul cycle <laughs> mm. <laughs> I, that's another thing this week i've Be also open. been yeah i've also been working from a coffee shop near me this week and i keep saying like oh maybe i'm gonna have a movie moment where like a guy walks oh, into too. the coffee shop and like comes and sits next to me while i'm working remote and like a thing happens but um it's not happening but I keep like, uh, this week I've been living in a movie. Okay. That's yeah, what happened to me this week. <laughs> you're being open to all the feelings and all the good vibes. And you never know. You never know, Coomzy. <laughs> What's going on well, with you? Yeah, I just had my first audition last night. I've had it. First one I've had in a long time. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That was pretty fun. It was good to play. Um, and we'll see what happens with that. But I was like, oh, maybe I'll just bring it up. You know, I don't like to talk about it too much because I don't want to jinx it. I'm always superstitious, right. but I'm like, 
We'll see what happens. Yeah, you can manifest things, and uh, that's okay. Manifesting is yeah, a beautiful thing. For sure. And I've been watching, because you know, okay. I'm always so busy with work, and I never, like... I can't watch something heavy. So I know we we're talking about yellow jackets. I'm like, okay, I got to watch that. But I can't, I can't do it after work. I, I got to watch something light to get my brain off of everything, right? I'm looking at the screen all day. So whatever. I would been watching the show that I love that, that came out before the pandemic. Maybe it was the early days of the pandemic called Sweet Magnolias. And it's based on a book. Um, and it's about this small little town, little, little uh, Southern South Carolina town. And like, you know, there's just, just a lot of family drama and they're like super religious. I'm not religious at all, but like, I like that. It's like kind of hometowny. They all go to church on Sunday. Everybody knows each other in the town. It's so cute. And like Heather Headley, you know, Broadway's Aida hey. is one of the stars and Rob, our good friend, Robert, Peter, Paul. Shout out, Robert. Shout out to Robert Peter Paul. <laughs> yes, who has his own wonderful podcast, The Art of Kindness. He just had the main, I guess she's probably the top billing of, um, of the show, uh, Joanna Garcia Swisher, who plays uh, Maddie. So there's like three women, they're like best friends who grew up together. They live in this town, they, they bought this business. And, uh, you know, it's just about the, about their, their drama they have in their lives and the good things they have. And there's like this small town drama. And I just, I just love it. It's like something light to watch with a little bit of drama and a little bit of stakes, but it's like, you know, homey and it's interesting characters. The acting is really good. It's family. So that's been, I've been watching it. I finished it this week, 10 episodes. I can't wait for the next. Yeah. You know, I just throw on a couple episodes every night um, and I can't wait for the next season. I'm like, that's what's okay. the hard thing about binging, binging. You know, all at once. I know. It's like, damn, I got to wait Tough. a whole nother two years or something. Yeah. Like- <laughs> I want to like die about succession. I'm like, well, this is brutal. Like, yeah. give me some more succession. Oh, good, Jason. I'll have to watch it. Thank you for sharing. Yes. Wait, I, I do need to say, I know we just talked about Chad. I oh, Chad. binged mm. from the time we recorded Chad a week ago. Yeah. About I binged the whole first season of oh, Wayward way, Pines. Right? Um, no, no spoilers. I still no spoilers. Watching, so. it, it's yes. so good. You know, and I'm not even being biased. Like he was our guest. And I, wa- I, I only watched the pilot before we recorded just to like get an mm-hmm. idea. So I knew what I was talking about. I yeah. didn't have to watch that whole thing. You know what I mean? I couldn't yeah. stop. And you know what was so interesting? And on the episode, he says it was only intended to be a limited series. But then mm-hmm. the network loved it and it got a lot of attention. So they created a season two. I'm not, and I know I'm not not watching season two <laughs> because he didn't write on it. But I, I don't I don't want to watch season two because it ended. The story yeah. fully ended. And then they put yeah. a little bit to like continue it, but I'm like, I don't want to do it. I, yeah, I no spoilers, but the way it ended, I was like, oh my God, of course that's how it ended. There's no, you know, like yeah. oh, what the, what the heck? Uh, yeah. So <laughs> shout out to Chad. And, and if you're listening and you haven't checked the show out, if you listened to last week, Chad created and wrote this show called Wayward Pines. You can stream it on Hulu. It's really good. It's sci-fi. It's drama. It's suspense. The acting is great. And you literally are like gagged. You're like, oh, what? Like I gasped so many times during it. So I love that. Yeah, definitely. Jason, I can't wait for you to watch. That's my, that's my plan. I'm going to wait for the weekend to finish watching some of that because like, that's like a heavier thing where you, like, you got to pay attention, right? And I, I, not like I can't pay attention to Sweet Magnolias, but you got to be watching the screen. You can't mm-hmm. look down on your social media for a second because you'll miss something important. Mm, exactly. That's why like, we got to like be fully focused on like shows like that. Like, you don't want to miss stuff. And I, I love, I love trying to piece it together as I'm watching. I guess that's like the writer in me. I'm like, oh, what's like, how this going to connect to this? Or like, what's going to happen? I like trying to figure it out. And so I feel like I really got to pay attention. I'm going to so. tell you something. You're not going to figure out way I'm not going to. Because I'm, wait, I'm yes. usually good at that. And I usually can predict. And I'm usually right. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Not right <laughs> at all. So so I can't wait for you to watch that. I, sure. And I and I know we're rambling, but we lo- are Shondaland people. You and I, we love Shondaland. <laughs> mm-hmm. Inventing Anna was just released. I haven't started. I think we should give that. Uh, I think you and I should try to do the pilot at least or the first episode before before our next episode to talk about it because that's relevant sure if you because, want um, if you want yeah we can and we kind of have just like there's no more um rambo and uh <laughs> ah! finger bang diaz so i have another spot open for something so, yeah. <laughs> let's do inventing anna at least just let's just commit to episode one before we yeah. record next time so we can yes. talk about that in our mic check 
Awesome. Amazing. Love it. Should we talk about our good friend, Allison Psycho? Yes, we should. Now I'm saying good friend. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe we're gonna be. We never know when exactly. we get her when we get her into the Zoom. Maybe we'll hit it off. Um, now, like, get that energy out for sure. Dear listeners who are faithful listeners, if you have listened to this podcast consistently, you will know <laughs> that I have spoken about my love of Law and Order SVU. Mm-hmm. many times in my like love and how I obs- not I don't want to say obsessed how obsessed. Mariska Hargitay <laughs> is like my idol all of it SVU I've watched every single episode just about so this week's guest Allison Psycho plays Kathleen Stabler on SVU and I can't wait to talk to her I just hope I you know I need to tell her that I am a, a fucking I yeah. am a diehard fan. We'll clear the air in the beginning. We have to. The elephant in the room. Yeah. We have to. <laughs> uh, and then we can like get past that and talk about survival jobs. But I'm so excited. This is like really exciting no. for me. I grew up with Kathleen Stabler, I feel like. Uh, right. And, and now she's back on organized crime and also SVU. So I'm really pumped. <laughs> I love that. That's so special. And like. Uh, anyway. Should we talk about her and, and get, like, let the audience know some some fun facts about Allison? Please, Psycho? you start. I've also been prepping for this um, this episode, and I've been singing that song all day. Oh, she's sweet but a psycho, a little yeah. psycho. <laughs> she probably gets that all it's the stuck time. in my head, and I think it'll probably be stuck in my head for the next four days. But anyway, y'all, <laughs> yeah. let's talk about Allison. Allison Psycho is a New York-based actor, singer, and dog lover who currently can be seen reprising her role of Christopher Maloney's daughter, Kathleen Stabler, in the Dick Wolf Law & Order universe on Law & Order SVU and the brand new Law & Order Organized Crime. Other credits include films, Speak, Zero Avenue, television, SNL, and countless commercials. Theater credits include productions with Paper Mill Playhouse, Abington Theater, and American Theater of Actors, name a few. Allison earned her BFA in acting at Rutgers University with her junior year spent abroad at Shakespeare's Globe in London studying the classics and stage combat. Oh, were we in stage combat? We were in stage (laughs) combat together with Sterling Swan. (gasps) Yes. Oh my God. Full circle, full circle. I love that. Oh, Um, Jason, and here we are on Survival (laughs) Jobs Apart. From stage combat to survival jobs, me and Coomzy, Coomzy and I. Cigarettes and uh, back in. Sorry, we just ruined her poor bio. For more information, please check out Allison's IMDb page at imdb.me slash Allison Psycho. And she's also on most social media platforms at just Allison Psycho. So I think we should bring her in the room because we are pumped, especially you. I'll try Let's not to it. be like a weird fangirl. It might happen. <laughs> it might, but I'm going to try hard. It's Kathleen Stabler slash it's Allison, but you would know. Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oh, welcome to Survival Jobs, the podcast, Allison. We're so excited to have you today. So excited. Thanks for having me. This is so cool. I'm still very in the whole podcast world of things. So thank you for helping pop that theory. (laughs) Oh, yes, definitely. And we have to make a full disclosure before we start. I'm going to hand it over to Sam. Big elephant in the room. Big elephant in the room. (laughs) And I just want you to know. I am an SVU diehard. Die hard, girl. I call everybody a dedicated detective. Because Oh, Ooh. my God. Thank you. So you all are very dedicated, and you find stuff and then retweet it, and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool, cool. Okay, I'm not, I don't do all that. I'm not like a, a tweeter. I don't even know how to use my Twitter. But so, so we're always super excited about our guests. But I'm extra excited. So I just want to say, if I have like a fangirl moment, please don't be turned off. It's so wonderful and it's so flattering because it is crazy to think that I've been playing a character for like 20 years now. Whoa. So like a lot of people have the like grown up with me or or seen me grow up. And so I'm I'm very flattered that people are fans of the show in general because you know more fans the more the show can stay a show and then i still have a job but that's right hashtag check remember me and are appreciative of what i've done it's it's really it's really a a wonderful thing and i i appreciate it i'm grateful it's it's always fun like i've gone into starbucks a few times uh pre-pandemic so uh, my 
they could see my whole face. Um, <laughs> my app, and it's just like, it's just me. Where's my caffeine? Let's go. But um, before I would come in and they'd be like, oh, Kathleen, we got you. And then sometimes I'd be like, yes. sorry, I'm, I've been waiting for my coffee. Where is it? And they're like, Kathleen, it's right here. It's because they literally wrote. Kathleen, Kathleen. I'm waiting for Allison. Wow. Bless you. Thank you so much. I appreciate all you do. It's I, so good. I need to get to my audition now and need my magical bean juice. <laughs> so, oh, wow. That's yeah. so good. So, thank you for accepting um, my fangirlness. Just <laughs> we needed to get it out there. Um, so, I know you said that you, you've been doing this show for 20 years, which is amazing so I don't know and we're gonna all learn together like if you've had a ton of survival jobs and what that looked like and if you could share a story or maybe your favorite survival job that has like positively impacted where you are now in your career or personally sure um as as much as it's been awesome to be a part of the law and order universe for now I I I think I was looking in my files. I was filming my first ever episode 20 years ago this month, but it aired 20 years wow. ago first. So like we're in the window of like the anniversaries around here somewhere. But even though that's been happening and that's super cool, I still was a broke ass actor who was Hello. like hustling and, and working five jobs and doing the whole thing. Cause you know, it is a, it's a hustle and it's uh the industry in itself is very feast or famine, but especially as a young actor, either right out of school or, you know, like however you come about it, trying to make it as an adult human in our society requires money. I've had so many survival jobs. Uh, I, I pretty much had to do it on my own financially. And uh, God love this job. I will say Law and Order Universe, having had it since I was in middle school, which is crazy, because it reruns all the time in that syndication, I have gotten residuals. So that in itself has been a blessing, which I know a lot of people don't have. Yes. You get money because your face aired from something you filmed 20 years ago. That's, that's a thing that I have benefited from. However, I have done everything from retail uh, to uh, food service to uh, childcare, dog walking, being a teaching artist. Most recently, I uh, was an usher for Broadway. So what? Uh, yeah, I've Amazing. been a whole gambit of things. So I'd, I'd have to say for the profession, to answer your question of what's what's the most beneficial to what I do now, it's kind of a tough question for me to answer because I'm such a sponge. I like to absorb from wherever I am. So every job has benefited me in one way or another, just from different lessons I learned and helping me grow as an adult. So my first ever retail job was at this little shop in my hometown and it was called Success Express. And it was all about crystals and candles and uh, the recovery network with AA and NA and tarot. Oh, wow. It was a really quirky shop, but I really loved the vibe of it. I, I got to learn about all those different things and different community members who I might not have known otherwise. But I was trained by a really wonderful woman named Debbie who gave me the whole concept of how to be a saleswoman because I was on the sh on the floor I was doing a little bit of inventory but they were teaching me how to sell and her whole like mantra was you are not selling you are helping people come in need or a problem and you help them by directing them to products that might give them assistance and so that mentality from the get-go was really helpful when then you apply it to say acting uh, because when you a lot of people associate oh acting is just like a sales job but you're selling your talent mm. or you're selling your look or you're selling this that if you come at it from that of like hey this is me this is what i can do i you want me help 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 hire me which we all feel at one point yeah <laughs> um, for sure to then For flip sure. it and be like, no, I'm helping someone. A production has a need. They have a need to bring this character to life. They have a problem of they can't find this person. Then the best I can do is just offer, here is something in the form of me 
here's what I can do. May I be of assistance to you? May I help your production? And so to like that little mental flip has helped so many times, especially when I felt like, I don't know if I can do this or I don't know if I'm pretty enough. Like back in the day when I used to audition for all the things on WB and it was just like going into the room being like, I'm surrounded by Glamazons. Oh my God, what is happening? I don't belong here. But then remembering of like, but I might. They might not have found what they're looking for in all these other women. So I should bring what I have to the table because that might help the production. So that's that's been a really mm-hmm. cool thing. But then, you know, to be even more on the nose, being an usher in a Broadway house and seeing the same show, or at least part of the same show, because ushers have like a longer shift and a shorter shift. So you're not always seeing the show in full. Um, but to see the same show over like 300 times you're it's basically a paid master class where you're getting to see people at the top of their game and because you know the show so well you start to see what happens when things go wrong or you start to see what happens when like oh I can hear in their voice because I've heard them night after night that they might not be feeling good what are they doing to counteract that or what are they doing to 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 deal with a person in the audience who's filming or you know just all these scenarios that I mean god willing hopefully one day I will be in it's really wonderful yes masters who know what they're doing or if they don't know experiencing their discovery with them that's been really really fun it's it's one of these things of all of these side jobs no matter how you look at them they open doors to different uh paths in life or different uh members of society so like I've I've been a babysitter for some pretty wealthy people and when they go on a play date you have to take them to an apartment that's an entire floor of a building like the elevator so that was really eye-opening or you know you're walking somebody's dog that happens to be in like the theater district and you're walking the dog and you turn the corner and it's like oh that's Joel Gray that's fun let me just pick up some (laughs) 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 the economies of New York are really awesome so when I made the conscious decision to I still need side jobs I still need survival jobs but I want them to be as closely like placed next to or inside of the arts community as possible then it's really cool to um, make even more connections and more networking and have doors open which has been a really fun ride preach that's preach I love that like I mean that's what my survival job is right I work in film and tv but but um, I'm working on a documentary right now in the archival department, which is like a lot different. I've never done that before, but that's like yeah. kind of the same mentality. I'm like, okay, at least it's like in the business, right? And I'm making these connections and like, I'm a part of like something bigger that's still arts related. Exactly. So I love that you said that. Well, cause that's the thing for the longest time, especially in our very hyper-capitalistic society. <laughs> yeah. I was saying to make sure I could pay rent and make sure I could buy food, um, even if it was just PB and J and Robin. Like I was like, I need to take care of myself. So I need money. So I kept looking for jobs that would be biggest bang for my buck of either like I was an assistant store manager for a while because they mm. were giving me the promotion. It was gonna be more hours which meant higher pay because it was hourly but it would give me health insurance at the time and I was like I would like health insurance so I made that choice but then what I did trying to leave for an audition on a lunch break was practically impossible so then it was kind of the thing of how do you find that balance of making the money you need to survive especially in a very insanely expensive city like New York but how do you then stay true to what you actually want to do? So the more I realized of, you know what, I don't need to have this type of job because it's the job that either like makes sense to family members when they're like, when are you going to get a real job um, or things wow. of that nature. When I, when I made that conscious decision of, I still need to have jobs, but I want them to be within the arts some way, somehow it, it opened up all these brand new doors. Like I got to be an office assistant, which is a very, you know, it's literally a desk job, but it was for an artist, a musician in Brooklyn. And uh, they had like mailings of their album that had to go out. And I was learning more about the music industry 
from an so inside cool. scope that I didn't know before. And, you know, I am a singer. I've, I've, I've trained in musical theater and things, but to see what a singer songwriter goes through and how the mm. music part of it would work. Cause a lot of, I know, um, uh, Broadway performers with their salt will make an album and will go on tours. Do yeah. It's on tour. Things. I was just like, I don't, I don't necessarily need this information right now, but this is great to keep in like a back file for, I have no idea when I'd need this info, but this is really cool to know. Yeah. It is so cool. I love that. Yeah. And I'm also, I, I'm so grateful we have you on because a lot of our listeners are aspiring actors, writers, artists, like doing the thing. And it is so humbling, eye-opening, like, you could look at you like on this huge show, but you still, it's, it's a tough industry people that we pick, but we do it because we love it. And so thank you so much for sharing all of those stories and like the positive ways to look at it because that that's, it's beautiful. It is. We're so lucky that we have so many survival job opportunities and, and can still pursue and still be fulfilled in some way. So thanks for all those stories. They were amazing. (laughs) Of course. Yeah, it's it's definitely a tough gig and it it is a bit of a mental game half the time of being like, do I do something because I get money and then it'll keep me in uh, creature comforts or I do something that maybe I have to be a little more frugal, but it'll get me further in the art stuff that that's a balance that Everybody balance. Has their own line of that they draw on the sand of where their comfort level is. And, you know, I, I have even noticed a difference when it when it comes to how people present themselves of if they're usually a male presenting person, because mm. they don't have to worry about, say, hair and makeup and clothes in a certain way and that female presenting people do. Yeah. They're okay with living on somebody's couch where they have everything. <laughs> stuffed in a backpack or a duffel bag and like they'll change at a gym and and their creature comforts are very small but they're out there hustling in a different way that I don't know if I could ever do that and I respect that but I've found my own path my own little niche and it's always the thing of you know we might not think of it this way but I thought of it this way pretty early on and it also helped of like you know J-Lo is awesome. J-Lo is a mega, mega star. We think of J-Lo, we think of Icon. Yes. She still has fragrances. She still has bags. She still has other things. So in a way, the major, major icons that we look up to, they still have freaking survival jobs that help. So right. true. That's right. <laughs> the trainer and the chef and mm-hmm. the this and that to keep them looking the way that they do. 100%. So it's, it's always a thing of surviving in... The economies, wherever you decide so to do, is always something you're gonna do. So either become your own boss and do it yourself, or find the ways that wherever you are, you can soak up the info that you might not know you need um, down the road. Whether it's you work in an office and you get all those crazy stories, that then you work on a show that's like The Office that had all oh the stories that people related to, but like how did the writers know those probably because they worked in office situations and they knew what happened but you know if you're constantly only like (laughs) I will only be reading Shakespeare I will only be doing this I'm like yeah and then you're not the full human that like I said productions have needs productions problems that need to be solved by humans so if you can come in as a well-rounded individual that has all and solve that problem everything Um, you can yeah. be a bigger asset. Yeah. I love I'm that so much. I love that. I feel like and so ready to go. <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> and one of our other guests was saying, one of our first guests, Robin, was saying something very similar to that. So I love that you yeah. made that connection. But jumping back into, you were saying this is the 20th year anniversary of when you first booked just an iconic role on this like legendary iconic TV show. Do you remember what your audition was like? back then for this role it was was kind of funny and I jokingly thank my mother pretty much any time that I get and like they call or they email and there's another episode down the pike I'm always like thank you for taking me to that audition I actually wasn't auditioning to be Kathleen Stabler I was auditioning 
for uh just a random episode I forget exactly what it was but it was a kid in a school and it was something along the lines of like you know they're coming into the school they're seeing the kids by the lockers and it's like I didn't see Billy in class I'm sorry dun dun like tiny thank you so much for doing the dun dun I really fucking appreciated that I auditioned for this this random little co-star role, a couple lines, and I thought I did okay. But it was the same time I was a I was a working actor as a kid in the city, and every week I would be going on auditions for anything that I could get auditions for. And so this was just par for the course, going in for an audition. And because I wasn't always in the the artistic realm like I I'm from New Jersey I went to public school the whole way through Um, my parents Mm -hmm. were very much like you can do this but this is your after school hobby or your after school activity like school comes first all these things so I was surrounded by quote-unquote normal civilians all the time that if I would go into an audition and it didn't happen I still had like a math test to get ready for or yeah do or like other things to keep my mind off of I need the job now. So I went in, I auditioned, I thought I did okay. And then I didn't hear for a long time. And it was just like, okay, chalk that up to whatever. And I think it was about six weeks later-ish, we get a call and they're saying something along the lines of, um, yeah, so they cast that other thing, but they're recasting the detective's daughter and it's down to her and somebody else is she interested because you know it was the kind of thing of I didn't know what the scene was I didn't know what it would turn into and sure for some people in the industry just being like dangled something small like that might not be worth their time if they were up for something that say was going to be shooting in Vancouver soon or you know Disney Channel something on the horizon but I said yeah sure that'd be great and then it worked out that I got it and then I went in and uh, it was the scene in the uh, season three episode titled Popular where um, uh, mom and dad are in the kitchen and they're having an argument about something and I'm on the phone and dad in his stabler growl is like, Kathleen, get off the phone. And I just go, but dad. And he's like, now. And I go, mom. And then the scene went on and the rest of the episode went on and it was just that little blip, but I was like, that was cool. Wow. That was really cool. I had no idea if I would ever be on it again. I just was like, this is really awesome. Every day's a new day. I get to go for a costume fitting and I get to be on set and I get to work with these cool people. And also I was a bit of a diehard myself with my mom. We would every Friday yes. popcorn <laughs> and we would watch it because it was cool mm. to see um, a, a woman in a position of power crimes that are more often than not but not always the case um, dealing with women and mm-hmm. so we liked watching it and I was like oh my gosh I get to play with the people that I'm seeing on the TV this is cool and then I went home and kind of thought nothing of it and it aired and all my friends and family were very happy and it's a little Aww. snippet and then it just started to turn into the thing of every once in a while I'd get the call of like, oh, hey, they wrote Kathleen in. Are you available? Or they're thinking of writing her in. You available? And I'd be like, yeah, I am. And so then I'd come in and it would be some version of dad, I hate you. Or, oh, <laughs> or fancy teenager here to like, you know, poke him while he's dealing with some sort of case about teenagers or about something. And it just got to be this cool thing that I would do about once or twice a year and go on with my life. And then I don't know what shifted or what happened, but then it was really cool that they started to have me more. And there's a couple episodes, I want to say in like season eight or something, or season six or season eight, I got to be there a bit more than just once a year. I got to be there a couple of times. That's when I started like to get to know the crew a little bit better and get to know Chris Maloney a little bit better. And it would be really cool because I kept seeing him and he himself was a a new dad at the time. And so he started being more more fatherly towards me. So I still remember one time coming in and and him going, so what grade are you in now? What's, 
How's school? <laughs> oh, you going to prom? Who's taking you to prom? <laughs> just like, stuff like that, which was really fun. So fun. But then it just kept expanding and expanding. And uh, now, 20 years later, uh, I'm still Kathleen. Amazing. Uh, I got chills. That's such a great story. Did you know, like, you were young when this first started? You said you used to watch it, but you were young. So did you realize, like, what an iconic show you were a part of? Or were you just like, I'm just going to set. I'm doing my job. I'm doing the thing. Or were you like, holy shit, I'm on SVU? <laughs> well, it's it's a little bit of both. Whenever I'm on set, I am like a kid in a candy store. Even now, I'm just like, this is the coolest thing ever. I want to be here every day. <laughs> I love my job. It's the best job in the world. Oh, my God. Yes. So, so no matter when I showed up, whether it was my first time or even the last time I was just on set, I'm always super happy to be there. Super grateful that I'm like, especially now, the many years later and working all these survival jobs, I'm like, I am not unloading a shipment. I am yeah. getting my hair done. I am getting my face painted. This is the best. So um, I always knew it was a cool thing. And yeah. um, as, as, it, as time went on, I started to realize how global it was. That's when I really started to realize how big it was because I would get messages from friends who would be on vacation overseas and they would be like, I just saw you. Ah, you were just on my screen. And when that started to happen, I was like, oh, oh, this is this is even bigger than I thought. Yeah. Um, to the point of when I was studying abroad uh, in my junior year of college, uh, uh, the junior year was set up that you would be basically shipped over to Shakespeare's Globe in England and they'd be like, oh, wow. classics from them. So it was a really cool program. That's amazing. But, you know, on one of my breaks, I was like, if I don't go to Paris, I will kick myself because it's right here. So right there. I, it was one of, it was like my mini eat, pray, love moment. It was like, <laughs> I can't speak a lick of French except like bonjour or what I learned on Madeline as a child. So I'm <laughs> Madeline. Just, yeah. So I was like, merci. I know how to say that. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, I went. Allison in Paris. Exactly. <laughs> Allison in Paris. I had my flashcards and I got there and I didn't realize how like lonely I would feel not being able to communicate with people, not being able to really know how to go around because I couldn't ask directions or if I knew how to ask directions, I didn't understand what they were saying back. But it was really oddly comforting that I got into my hotel room and I turned on the TV and there dubbed in French was my fake dad. And I just was like, okay, this is cool now. Oh my God, (laughs) that's so cool. Stuff like that over the years has been happening more and more of where I didn't, I didn't fully understand the reach the show has. And now, like, I've always been appreciative, but I'm even more appreciative now because it's really cool that no matter who I run into, usually they have some knowledge of the show is existence. I love that. A diehard fan such as yourself. Right. I'm like, or be invited onto a podcast, not knowing that. (laughs) I mean, it absolutely by the way, That's one really of my good. favorite episodes still to this day is when Kathleen is in the shower and breaks into the house. That episode is so damn good. And sorry to go off course, Jason, but can you talk a little bit about that okay. episode? It, it seems like a huge, like acting, that, that acting, the, the depths and like the levels and like where you had to go for that. Swing, I believe is the one that you're talking about. That was yes. episode three. Um, that was a really cool experience. Like in in the whole scheme of everything because I swear everybody's lives and everybody's careers has like some benchmark moments that they can look back and be like that was a turning point swing was definitely a turning point for me because um even though I mean I have a perpetual uh looking like a child problem like i constantly look like I'm 12 um (laughs) you're trying to be like I'm an adult damn it um but that episode uh and this character in general, this is the first character I've played where I've actually been playing my real age. So that character is in college and I was in college playing this character. So I had already done a couple of years of my BFA in acting. So I had already like done my Meisner repetition and learning about Stanislavski. Yes, Meisner. <laughs> yes, Meisner. <laughs> yes, Meisner. 
yes, Meisner, yes, yes Meisner. Meisner. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I had already done the training in a way to, to prepare me, but what was beautiful about it is it was the first time that they were like, I had been working on the show I, from season three to season 10, it's like seven years ish. Um, that they had already gotten to know me. They had already seen that I can handle some stuff, but this was still a big leap, a big ask, like to, to have an entire episode where I'm so integral and I don't have to audition for it. Like that was kind of crazy to me. So I can you give a little context of this scene for those of us who maybe Oh, sure, 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 sure. Sorry. Sorry. Um, For people who don't know, um, (laughs) the, the episode is centered around Kathleen Stabler, daughter of detective Elliot Stabler is discovered that she broke into someone's house, uh, stole a diamond necklace, and then escaped from the house. So obviously the people who have been burgled call the cops. And uh, Olivia Benson gets wind of it. And so she's like, hey, um, just letting you know your daughter's in trouble. And then uh, they find me and I'm, sw- I'm wrapped in the shower curtain of the shower that I, like, I, I broke into this house. I'm taking a shower. I steal a necklace, but then to escape, I wrap the shower curtain around me like a toga. And uh, d- detectives uh, Stabler and Benson find me in a playground swinging on a set of swings. And I jump off and I'm like, daddy, you're here. This is amazing. And I look completely out of it. And it's discovered that um, I basically was self-medicating with drugs and alcohol because I didn't realize I was in having a manic episode because it's then discovered my character has bipolar disorder. Um, Damn. And so what happens is, is that I, I'm, that's why like they, they had peppered it in in a few episodes prior of like, I had stolen a credit card and I had done a few other, you know, angsty teenagery things, but now they're starting to see that it was me sh- displaying signs that are possibly warning signs for somebody who is struggling with their mental health. And I keep wanting to deny it. I'm like, I don't have a problem, whatever, ground me and stuff. And I run away again and they find me OD'd underneath a guy because sexuality is another symptom of um, bipolar disorder when you're having a manic episode. So like, I have to get my stomach pumped and the doctor's like, she needs some help and possibly some medication. And it does this run in the family. And then it comes out that uh, grandma Bernie Stabler, uh, mother of detective Elliot Stabler, played by the amazing uh, Ellen Burstyn. Hello. She won an Emmy for her performance in this episode. Uh, She won the Emmy uh, for special guest star. I have Um, chills because I'm thinking about the beach. Oh yes, scene on the beach. Mm -hmm. The beach scene is wonderful. I wasn't there for it, but having watched it as a fan and an appreciative person, I do love that. Um, She, it's discovered that she herself has um, undiagnosed, untreated bipolar disorder, and it shows that these mental health issues can be genetic and run in family lineages. And um, basically, not to give too much away, but it it comes to the point of where Papa Stabler feels like he can't help me unless he helps turn in the evidence to get me locked up because in prison I will get the help that I need because I'm 19 I'm technically an adult he can't force stuff but the legal system could maybe force stuff and so that's not great and I'm all mopey in jail and Olivia, God love Olivia Benson, she finds Bernie Stabler and convinces her, come talk to your granddaughter so that she knows she's not alone. And this is not something that's new. You've suffered from it. And we have a beautiful scene in the jail cell where then she finally convinces me of like, the higher you fly, the farther you fall. That's the price we pay for greatness, sweetie. And through that, then I realize, oh, I do have a problem. I should get some help. And uh it's that kind of episode. I, I spoilers to anyone who hasn't watched. Yeah, it. I think I. <laughs> oh, it's like the whole episode, but <laughs> what is it like a ten? That episode came out ten years ago. I think like right or yeah. something. Like spoilers, I don't think are valid. It's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Spoil- but anyway, it it was one of those things of where I had been studying acting for two years, and uh, at Rutgers University, you also have to take core classes that are non-acting yes. and so 
I was like, what's the closest to acting? Because uh, as much as I would, like, I was also obsessed with the show Bones at the time. Like, I'm a real science nerd as well. I want to take um, ortho anthropology um, with the bones and everything, but I couldn't fit the lab into my schedule. And I was like, ah, damn it. So what's the closest thing? That would be abnormal psychology and psychology courses. So I had just taken uh, the psych course where I was learning all about bipolar disorder and schizophrenia and all these things. So I realized, oh crap, this is, they're asking me to do this. And they actually pulled me aside one time. I remember I was working on the episode right before it, it was called trials, I think. And I had just finished and the director was going to be the director on the next one. He was like, oh, Hey, we like got some pizza. You like, can you come in here? We're going to talk. And he was like, okay, so we have this episode coming up and uh, you'd be a big part of it. And like, do you feel okay with this? Is this like something you think you can do? And I was like, and you're like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, I was like, you do realize I'm in school for this. Like, this is, I'm on the Betty White plan, buddy. Like I'm not leaving. You're going to like have to wait until the stage manager in the sky says it's my cue to exit. Like not yes. like, this is great. This is a wonderful thing. But since I still was kind of unproven commodity, they had the lovely, amazing idea of like, we're going to set you up with an acting coach. We're gonna like, we'll take care of it, but you'll meet with her for a couple times. You'll talk to her. And it was the amazing Susan Batson, who is the acting coach of Nicole Kidman and like these amazing, great, amazing. And it was really cool because she's much more of the um, Stanislavski method of of, uh, sense memory recall and things of that nature. And I had just done all the work with Meisner. So I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to look at it totally through a Meisner lens. She's going to look at it through this other lens. And then, you know, I'll cherry pick what works, what I like for different. And, And that helping. And then also my own research of, I watched a beautiful documentary by uh, Stephen Fry, because he is also um, a celebrity with bipolar disorder. And uh, I've watched a bunch of uh, Carrie Fisher things of just, I was like, this is something that's not foreign. This is something that's really common. And a lot of people directly or indirectly affected by bipolar disorder so this is not something I want to screw up like acting aside I was like I need to do an accurate representation of this because this is something that I personally had not seen that much in the media that I was like if we're gonna do this let's do this right let's do it respectfully and authentically and it was wonderful to talk to Amanda Green, the writer who she had been sitting on this episode for a bit or like trying to figure out how to work it in because she also, her family is uh, indirectly, directly uh, dealing with bipolar disorder. So she wanted to bring the representation to light. And so the fact that we could all come together and make this wonderful thing that once again, I was the kid in the candy store going, oh my God, I get to be here eight days instead of one. Yay. Like, yes, girl. That was, that was my <laughs> thing of like, I just get to be here all the time. This is really fun because so I'm fun. actually in the whole episode. But then on top of it to be like, we're doing such important work that we are going to portray right. correctly and authentically that that's been actually the biggest impact on me that I still get DMs and messages to this day where people are like, your portrayal helped my parents understand my bipolar disorder more or I now understand my partner's bipolar disorder more because of this episode or thank you my mom and I bonded over this because we both have BPD and we didn't really understand each other as much but now we can and so that's always been my thing of like getting to play make-believe is the best thing ever but to do it in a way that it can open people's eyes to experiences and uh ways of life that they either are not aware to or are intentionally blind to when like you put it on a show that they're gonna watch no matter what that to me is the is the best thing to be able to teach through storytelling and um make the world a little better place that just ties back into what you were saying in the beginning about have it having the art and your acting be about helping right so so you're helping the crew and the casting directors and whoever else but you're also helping the audience right it, especially with something so effective as that episode amazing right yeah and and it's a little bit of a sidetrack because it's not svu related or law and order universe but um it does tie in a little bit that another project I worked on as a teenager was a movie entitled Speak, 
um, which is based on the Lori Hall Sanderson novel of the same name, which is about a young girl entering her high school career, but entering with everybody ostracizing her because they think she called the cops at a party to like get the party dispersed. But really she called the cops because she was assaulted at the party. And, Holy she, shit. and she can't speak about it because everybody's not her friend anymore. And also it's just traumatic in general, but it's written in this beautiful, almost John Hughes coming of age way. And I was lucky enough to bring the character of Heather to life, who's more or less the comedic relief. She's, she's kind of like Karen from Mean Girls, a bit, of a, <laughs> a bit of a social climber and kind of not not as ditzy she doesn't have ESPN or something but you know able to bring the the yes. relief to something so dramatic that uh like that was a project that I was really happy to work on it was my first feature film that then was able to go to Sundance Film Festival and it starred amazing talents such as Kristen Stewart before Twilight fame and Elizabeth Perkins as the mother and Steve Zahn as the the art teacher and like it just was full of great people but it was one of these things where it then helped this story be told to more people because the book is where it's not banned because that's still a thing um it's taught in a lot of schools and then a lot of people if a book is taught in a school it also helps if there's a movie to go with it so we were able yeah. to bring this story of of unfortunately a very common thing to light which is also what svu has done and really help alter the conversation and the the social narrative of how victims need to be believed and heard and everything that we were able to do it in in a different format for a younger audience that a lot of people have loved that story and have loved the impact that that has had and that was actually produced by fred burner who then also is an executive producer director of organized crime so it's just like this small world yes you get to work with and and play with and you know you do something well as a teenager you don't exactly think that you're going to see the same exact people 20 years later but the the woman who's the department head for makeup on uh, organized crime, Rebecca Perkins, she did my makeup when I was in swing on SVU all those years. Before. I love so that. it's just like the longer you're in the industry, the the more it can feel like just one big family. Or, you know, if you're a little more in the same age range, it's just like you're all in the same high school. You just sit at different lunch tables. That's so beautiful. Wow. Thank you. You made our job so easy today. Thank you for sharing all of these stories. I'm like, <laughs> so we have one more question and then we're playing. We always end every episode with a game. So before the game, um, right. we recently just had a guest on who said if all of his like artistic success and artistic like drive went away, he would be so happy going back to waiting tables. Like he doesn't want that to happen, but if should it, should it happen, he'd be fine waiting tables. Is there a survival job that you feel that way about? I know you told us a lot about all of them, but is there one in particular that you're like, I will be fulfilled doing this and it would be okay. Just to bring it all back to survival jobs. Respectfully, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, but that's, that's also been a big uh, eye-opener that I had because working since a child, I did all the training, all the schooling. And then when I graduated school, uh, Chris Maloney left the show and I felt a little iffy of like, is this really what I want to do? And I had that crisis that a lot of artists come to of what do I want to do with my life? And so I decided I'll at least get a desk job somewhere. I'll get a job because I need, need funds. So I was front desk reception and membership sales at a massage envy. And I was like, well, this is great because, you know, I have to get massages because I have to tell people who to like, which therapist to go to. So I was like, oh, twist my arm. This job sounds horrible. Um, <laughs> horrible. <laughs> but it was one of those things of like, even with the perks and even with I was making money and I was meeting my sales quotas and like I was like, I was good at my job. I only lasted nine months because a friend reached out and was like, we're doing a show you want to do it like rehearsals are at night like you can make it happen and then I was like oh, okay and then <laughs> auditions came up for other things and like pretty much if I've ever tried to step away the universe just keeps going like 
no, no, come back, come back. And then it's gotten to the point where like, I don't even really step away anymore because there's no point. I mean, I love so many things. Don't get me wrong. Like I was the kid that if you asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I had the freaking list, the scroll that would go down the hallway for miles because I love animals. And I was like, I want to be a marine biologist. I want to play with the dolphins. But then I loved archaeology and Egyptology and everything. So I was like, I'm going to go over and like dig up things and learn about relations. (laughs) And, And then I was like, but I'm also really good at sales and I like helping people. So I'm going to build an empire of my own designs. Fierce. I've, or I've always had all of this interest in many different fields. And the one thing I've always then discovered and rediscovered over and over again is that acting and the arts is the one central hub where I can explore all of that fan of um, So true. When you're interested in a particular role, like playing Kathleen, I got to go on my psychology bender and learn all about uh, bipolar disorder and how it's treated, mistreated, functioning in families, etc. And then there's a beautiful play called uh, Proof that's all about math. Oh, I love, love proof. Yeah. mathematics. So that's that's a part I've I've been wanting to play because then you know then I can really go down my math wormhole. Or now that there are beautiful um, things that have been made, such as Hidden Figures and such, where it is showing women in STEM. Yes, Um, I'm actually I have a little passion project I've been working on that's going to be about a particular woman from my hometown, actually, who, in my opinion, hasn't gotten nearly enough um, publicity, representation, uh, just notoriety, whatever you want to call it, that I'm I'm kind of going down uh, that little uh, wormhole bender rabbit hole, however you want to call it, to learn about her and her experiences, because then hopefully in some medium, whether it's a play, an episodic, a miniseries, a movie down the line, I can bring her to life and bring her story to life because like I said, all of what I like to do is the uh, teaching through storytelling and showing that, you know, how things currently are, aren't exactly how things have to stay in our world. Oh man, and- so true. And I don't always feel like, what can I do is just one little person, one little me. Um, I I don't always have the funds or I don't always have the energy or I don't always have this. But when I get together with a group of artists and create something and then share that creation, you usually can make a bigger impact than you even realize at the time. And I've always been really appreciative of that. So I'm looking forward to either getting parts or making parts happen and jobs happen for myself and my friends and others um, where all of of the avenues of that mile long list from childhood can be adequately explored. Oh, Allison, thank you so much. This has been amazing. Excellent. And I think this is going to be such a great and important episode for all of our, our listeners to listen to and take and take note of your, of your inspirational words. However, I can help. So um, true. Jason. Yes. Okay. So we always end the episode with a really fun game just to like, you know, lighten it up and like close in a really positive way. And of course, since Samantha is the biggest SBO stan I've ever met in my life. And I'm sorry. because of your role. <laughs> you to- hey. <laughs> We wanted to uh, do a little trivia and, and have you two go against each other. I've never okay got to you. play a game. I've never got to play a game. And <laughs> I'm so happy. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm super competitive, but I already kind of can tell you're probably going to kick my ass. So. I don't know. I, I have to be <laughs> oh. honest. Every up ep- when Benson was not in the episodes, I, I don't think I watched. I skipped those. Actually, I love Olivia <laughs> Benson. So there's a few, there's like a, few, a handful that I maybe don't in like the earlier ones. So who knows? Okay. Let's see. Let's see. All right, we're gonna cue the music. The way it's gonna go is I'll ask you, since you're our guest of honor, we'll start with you okay. and give you like five, 10 seconds. And then if you can't answer, we'll go to Samantha and then kind of back and forth. We have three questions each and then a bonus if we, have, if we need a bonus inside. So first question is for you, Allison. Yeah. This person has been the voice of an iconic Disney villain, but in 2011, he chose SVU for his television network debut. In the episode Mask, 
he plays an addiction counselor with a sore, a sordid secret. Who is he? Jeremy Irons. Oh yes, correct. <laughs> wow, I would have they never the press start landed that. <laughs> yeah, uh, really quick. He he played Cap Jackson, a man convinced he assaulted his daughter twenty years earlier. So and then he was in a couple episodes, seven episodes later that year. Samantha, your turn. I'm ready. Okay. Who is the captain of SVU? Captain Cragen. Played by Dan oh, Forrest. Okay. Well, super easy. What do you mean? Okay. <laughs> All right. Question number two for you, Allison. Okay. Which Sex in the City alum made her SVU debut in season nine, episode one? Oh, Miranda, but I want to say her real name. Uh Cynthia Nixon. Cynthia Nixon, correct. Yeah. And I'm in that episode briefly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cynthia played a woman episode. with multiple personality, personality disorder. She played a person pretending to have multiple personality oh. disorder. Just to make go. that note. <laughs> Samantha, in season one, how many kids does Detective Stabler have? And do you know their names? Okay, it's just, I think two. I think it's just Kathleen and Dickie. And then another mm. girl. Kathleen, Dickie, and another girl. And then we have Eli <laughs> join later. There's five total. There's five children total now. Fuck, I failed. <laughs> Kathleen Dickey, Kathleen Dickey, mm, Kathleen and Dickey, and, and an older daughter, and an older daughter. She's going to get it. Allison. Allison. This kind of isn't fair because they are, are my fake siblings. So I No, fair is fair. <laughs> I, I claim to be a diehard. I should know that. But you are a diehard. And the two that you mentioned are the two that people when they're talking about people that they're the ones that they know of which is why we were the two brought back Morgan almost the oldest daughter's it's, name is it's more Irish it's a bit more Irish than that Morgan Maureen Maureen, Maureen <laughs> is the oldest daughter then Kathleen then Dickie then another girl and then Eli okay but yeah. please give the correct answer the yeah, I mean, order of operations for the stable <laughs> plan goes as follows. It's eldest Maureen, followed by myself, Kathleen, followed by the twins, Dickie, a.k.a. Richard, and Elizabeth, a.k.a. Lizzie. And then now we have baby Eli, who really is Elliot Jr. Yes. Elizabeth. There we go. There we go. Yeah, last question for Allison. Assistant District Attorney Joe Marlowe, Stabler's old partner, has a fatal instinct for justice. She frees a man accused of arson and killing his little girls in the SBU episode Torch from 2010. Which iconic, legendary actress plays her? This one's this one I think is is stumping me. I oh. Oh, ding ding ding. Samantha. Brain, think of things. Come on, brain. Think of things. Here's the thing. I know this episode. I could tell you this episode. I have no idea this actress. Do you give up? He lights the house on fire on purpose because he's trying to get the insurance money. He did not mean to kill the kids. Oh. Is this the episode I'm thinking? I have no idea the answer. Please. Well, the answer is Sharon Stone. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Yes, she appeared in the role three more times, actually. Damn, damn, damn. As AD, ADA Joe Marlowe. Yeah. And wait, she's dad's former partner or something? What's that? Damn. Last question, I'm Samantha. Ready. I'm ready. Where was Olivia Benson at the start of season eight? What do you mean? I, I don't, in jail. No, she, undercover. She's <laughs> undercover. She's undercover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's undercover with the with the FBI. She's undercover, but do you she, know why in real life? Yeah, because she, she was on be maternity in? leave. Yes. And okay. Detective Beck came in as Detective Stabler's new partner. Detective Somebody Beck. Okay, wait. I think you guys are tied, right? Two and two. Yeah. You both got we one both wrong. Got okay. And, oh yeah, gosh. Oh gosh. Yeah. How are we doing the bonus? So I guess. I'm going to read the question. Whoever puts their hand up first. Okay. Got it. Ready. All right. Christopher Maloney starred as Chris Keller on which hit HBO show? Fuck, I know this. Allison. Oh. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Allison, congratulations on your win. I'm very happy for you. We'll be sending your gift in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> 
You are the SVU champ, rightfully so. You are the SVU champ. <laughs> I, can, I can accept that. If anyone I could accept that with, it would be you. So fine, take it. <laughs> so fine, take it. <laughs> we can also share it. We can time share. This has been so amazing. Allison, before you go, can you share your social media and where people can oh. find you online? Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, um, my name is on social media is my name in real life, legally and stage <laughs> namely. Um, it is Allison Psycho. Um, so A-L-L-I-S-O-N, S is in Sam, I-K-O. Um, all is on is how I do my Allison, two L's. Um, and yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm, I'm still learning the, the tweeters verse, but that's where a lot of the SVU diehards live. So I have learned to navigate it to interact with them. But I'm oh, also, yeah. uh, I, I have a website that I'm, that I'm updating currently. So it's a little, little delayed right now, but it, it'll have more <laughs> coming along. But then also just, there's always IMDB um, uh, I'm on there and it shows my credits and things. And, uh, according to my mother, it also shows when next airing on TV. Cause I'm like, I Oh yeah, it does. <laughs> so it, it'll awesome. have to like, when some episodes are on, on say, uh, ION or UPN or something. So that's always fun. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I'm Instagram is my main, main jam, but, uh, yeah, hopefully I, I'll be expanding whatever platforms are being created. Oh yeah. I, I did my first ever TikTok. I'm much more yes. of a voyeur on TikTok than a me. <laughs> we'll, we'll see that might change, but, uh, but yeah. You so can give uh, us some tips. We need to uh, know TikTok. We've been I, trying. I learned so much from TikTok, but I yet to, have figured out how I can contribute to the conversation. So I just watch a lot and I like a lot. Same. And uh, hopefully I'll have more projects and more cool things to share with the world soon. Yes, you will. will. And we will post about it and share it all on the podcast. And everyone, if you're not following us yet, if you're listening because you are a big Allison fan, as you should be, we are at Survival Jobs Pod on Instagram and Twitter, which we don't tweet, except Jason occasionally does because he is the Twitter king. And at Facebook <laughs> at Survival Jobs a Podcast. Shoot us an email. Let us know what guests you want on at survivaljobspod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Allison, you are a queen. You are the queen. We love you. I'm about you to follow the- you right now. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, I'm so glad to have met you both, and hopefully we can all hang out in the IRL soon. Let's do it! Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.